Hello, James here, and welcome to the James Cast. And I've got another podcast spotlight for you from a conversation I had with Dr. Jenna Burton. We were talking seasonal illnesses. I know, kind of cool, right? Because winter, summer, things change. Look, everyone's mind's on the pandemic. This is a podcast that's happening during the pandemic, almost a year on, actually. I think we got to do a revisit of that. But we still have seasonal illnesses. You still get sick. You can still get colds. Not as many, for sure, but we still get them. What about our lungs? What's going on there? Dr. Jenna jumps in and fills us in. It's the seasonal illness podcast spotlight with Dr. Jenna Burton. Here we go. The number of people who have colds is down dramatically. I don't hear people sneezing. I'm not, you know, the, the normal runny nose are on, on the sleeve. Isn't that good? You could be one of these actors that go on to be patients. Like this is actually a career. <laughs> really? I, I, I'm okay. It's, it's when you see kids blow their nose into their sleeves and then wipe it. That's the one that so one of my very best friends ever. And something I've never, ever let her live down. She came to our house and she was only really young, but like, as I say, I, I still bring it up to this day. And, and we're talking about 30 years, um, 30 years ago. So only little, she blew her nose into us, took a sock off, blew her nose into a sock and then put a sock back on. And my mom said, Hannah, do you not want a tissue? And she was like, nah, I do all the time, Sue. <laughs> oh, man. And, and this is the same friend that I was sat in school and she just wiped her nose on my arm. It, you know, this podcast makes it sound like I'm surrounded by very disgusting people. <laughs> oh, you're surrounded by an eclectic, interesting group of people. That's that's clearly You've it. You've met some of my friends, so yeah, you can, you can say that with uh, confidence. <laughs> so when we talk about seasonal illnesses, what are, we, what are we talking about? What comes to your mind? Right. So the reason I, is, I think it was my suggestion a few days ago that we might bring this up as a topic for a podcast. And everything that you're saying is correct, like colds and flu. And actually the, the figures for those have gone drastically down this year because of the measures that have been taken with restrictions in air travel and with people staying behind closed doors and not socially mixing as much as, as we used to. Um, and also we're not engaging in things like buffets and things like this. So we've not got sort of that spread of air droplets, people are wearing masks. So, you know, that's one side to it. But I think that the side that I was thinking of a little bit more was there's an awful lot of uh, data coming out in the UK to say that the hospitals are massively overrun. And now, yet yeah, I'm sure that COVID is playing a huge part in that. And, um, you know, that, that's not to belittle uh, anything that's going on or being said about COVID. But at the same time, that is that is the situation every single year. I've never done a shift in A&E in England in the month of December and we've not had a situation where ambulances are having to be rerouted over the hospitals or were bed, what they say, bed blocked, which means the beds are completely full. Yeah. And it's because you tend to get in the cold winter months, and I don't mean the cold winter months of Dubai, I mean the cold winter yeah. months of Canada, James, or of the UK, um, you get people that are more ill. And I just thought it was something that might be interesting to talk about. And the ones that you know really hit my mind are pneumonia, asthma exacerbations, people that come in with significant pain from their arthritis, people that have got um, what we call an acute exacerbation of COPD, which is a long-term lung condition from usually from smoking, as they mm. have put on the, the forms today, like 95% of these people are from smoking. Uh, and also like a lot of people admitted into mental health institutes as well, because they're suffering with seasonal affective disorder. 
And these are the sorts of things that I think about. So yeah, coughs and colds, of course, that's what we see right. when we see it on the general street, but there's also more, more serious elements as well that come and they, you know, they tend to come at that time of year when we're preparing for Christmas and just, and even worse, just afterwards. Which, and I say even worse because January and February are quite depressing months. There's nothing, <laughs> there's not as much to look forward to. <laughs> the folks that you're talking to in, in the field back home and that, they're still seeing obviously the pneumonias, they're still seeing the bronchitis, they're still seeing the, the COPD, they're still seeing the arthritis related things coming in. Well, yeah, because uh, a lot of the driver behind it is, is the cold weather. Mm. And you might get slightly less um, cases of pneumonia and, and more COVID situations coming in. But the fact is, if somebody's getting the exposure to the COVID virus, they're also potentially getting that exposure to a pneumonia as well. And these people tend to be, not everybody, but they tend to be predisposed to getting them. So anyone can get a pneumonia. And sometimes people get a bit confused as to what a pneumonia is. Yeah, because I, I am confused because I've heard the term pneumonia. I've heard the term walking pneumonia. And it tends to be people who are a little bit older, but it's it doesn't discriminate pneumonia. But you know, at the end of the day, if someone said to me, James, what's pneumonia? I kind of look at them and go, I, you got me. <laughs> It's funny because a lot of people will say I have a chest infection, but yet we'll put much greater emphasis on saying I have, oh, I've had pneumonia, as in pneumonia is so much more serious than a chest infection. Mm. And actually, although there is a particular bacterium that will cause a certain type of pneumonia, I kind of, in my head, and I think in a lot of medics' heads, we kind of group the same together. If you've got a lower respiratory tract infection, which effectively means a chest infection, that is effectively what we're referring to as a pneumonia. And pneumonia is an infection of the of the lungs. Mm. And as I say, there are numerous different bacteria that can cause a pneumonia. Um, some of them more common than others. Some of them are even a virus like um, Haemophilus influenza. Um, okay, so hold, hold on a second. So pneumonia is caused by bacteria? Usually, yeah. yeah. Usually, okay. Normally, um, the, the one that you would tend to see would be a bacteria, but you can get sort of a viral pneumonia as well. But usually when we talk about pneumonia, sort of just, just generally usually referring to a bacterial infection of the lungs. But as I say, it can it can be can be viral and you can get atypical type pneumonias, but it's infection of the lungs, usually bacteria, usually. And then to split that into two, what we would typically do is you've got a hospital acquired pneumonia and you've got a community acquired pneumonia. So what so do you, one, so one I got in the hospital, one I got in the community? Yes. What is, a, the hospital is like the gift that keeps on giving? Like, come on. <laughs> it's just because it, it, it's just a pneumonia that tends to live in hospital environments. It's normally more serious than community acquired pneumonias. Um, not okay, hold on, I got a question. Yeah. So on, yeah, yeah, aren't hospitals the cleanest place on the planet? Like they know they've got staph infections. They know they've got, you know, super bugs. They know, and I don't mean little cockroaches. I mean, you know, super bacterial things that are shouldn't they be the, the place where there's enough Javex or, you know, being poured everywhere? Aren't they the cleanest places on the planet? How can I be getting pneumonia in a hospital? They're the cleanest and the dirtiest places on the planet, James, because in one, in, on one hand, they are, you know, there are cleaners going around all the time. I, I personally, I think it depends on what hospital you're in. Hmm. Uh, it depends. In one way, it's absolutely wonderful to have people in separate isolation beds. But from a nursing perspective, a nurse can't keep tabs on a patient. So in another way, it's a little bit more dangerous to have separate isolation beds. So one, great, reduces the risk of infection spread from patient to patient. Secondly, bad because 
how can a nurse keep tabs on everything that's going on? How can I constantly see if this patient's starting to show signs of, of, of respiratory distress or otherwise they can't, they have to just keep going in and out at regular intervals. And, and even though they've got an alarm button, some people feel like, oh, I, I don't really want to, don't really want to disturb the nurses or, yeah. you know, or, or might not be able to reach it for whatever reason at that time. So uh, in one way, very clean, there's lots of cleaners, they're using the, the real rock solid uh, sort of disinfectants there. But in another way, because they do disinfect regularly, there's lots of antibiotic use. The bugs that do tend to occur there are these super bugs and they, uh, there are bugs that are more resistant to antibiotics. So when you do get them, they, they tend to require like the all out antibiotics, like the best ones that we've got. And sometimes they can still be resistant to those. So that's, that's, that's why hospital acquired pneumonia um, depending on the presentation of the person, but usually has a tendency to be a little bit, um, a little bit more severe. And then in the community acquired pneumonias, again, you would split somebody up as into, is it, you know, quite a mild pneumonia, as in like, can it be treated at home with oral antibiotics? Is it sort of borderline or is this somebody that requires a hospital admission? So I want to back up for a second. A lung infection doesn't necessarily have to be pneumonia, but it could be pneumonia. You're talking about you're sort of splitting hairs, James. I, whenever I hear someone's got a lung lung infection, yeah. and are you just talking about a bog standard lung infection, whether it be like a viral, bacterial, more typically bacterial, I tend to, to um, refer to that as a pneumonia. Yeah, okay. that would be um, that would be what I tend to refer to. But then you've also got like other types of infections, like Legionella, like more specific ones. But these are again the sort of it's. It's not a pneumonia, pneumonia, but it's still a lung infection. Mm. So it's it's kind of a it's, it's a bit family. of a, a muggy term. If somebody says pneumonia, my first thought is that is a lower respiratory tract infection, which basically means a lung infection. But it doesn't mean that everything is a pneumonia. There are atypicals that will have their own name and their own presentation and be a little bit different. For instance, something like whooping cough is yeah. a pneumonia, but it is an infection of the airways and the lower respiratory airways. So it's it's a bit. Yeah. It's a bit different. Like, yeah, and they have um uh, and and as well, even within the pneumonias, they won't have very like there'll be x-rays and you'll look at it and go, that's a typical pneumonia, but there'll be others and you'll think that's a pneumonia, but it looks like an atypical type pneumonia or a mycoplasmic pneumonia or a fungal pneumonia. You know, it's um fungal, then the others. fungal pneumonia, you can get fungus yeah. in, your, in the lungs. Well, I guess yeah, it's a you, wet, you wet know that. You, you love your you love yeah. your your um, mold, James. I you know. Love I, about mold and <laughs> thought about it in the lungs, but now that you mention it, it's just a hot, sweaty place, isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. It's it's it. Um, the lungs are a really wonderful environment for bugs to uh, to manifest. But because I mean, they're wet, they're warm. Yeah. Um, so you know, why wouldn't you? And then you've got all this mucus in there, which is why people that smoke are particularly oh. susceptible to infections because they don't clear mucus from their lungs. So whereas you and I, um, who've never smoked, our, our ciliary hairs are still working. So all this mucus is being moved out regularly from our lungs and 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 got rid of by the acid in our stomach. For people that don't that, that smoke their hairs don't move, mucus accumulates, or they make, um, they actually in, in sort of a severe bronchitis, which again is a side effect, uh, side effect of smoking. They actually have increased mucus productions. So they have increased goblet cells, which make more mucus. And then this mucus is there to catch bugs, but if you don't get rid of it and it just stays there, well, you know, you're asking for trouble, aren't you? You're asking yeah. for infections to brew. What a wonderful environment for them to yeah. decide to grow in. So what do we do? How do we, what, what is, what is your advice on trying to protect against 
you know, a, a bronchial infection, a, a pneumonia? What, what is there anything we can do or is it just hope? No, I mean, there's obviously things you can do. And the number one biggest thing, and you know what I'm going to say, is the, 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 the biggest thing you can do to protect your lungs is not to smoke. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just mean cigarette smoking. That means cigarettes, marijuana, shisha, anything that is in, like an inhalation gas into your lungs is usually, uh, just, to some extent, is toxic to the lungs. And the, the problem is with that is because it is something that irritates the lungs, it causes an immune response. And by the immune response, you get increased mucus, you get increased things like proteases and macrophages. And these are all just like special names for immune cells that basically start to break down the lung tissue mm. and also the capillaries of so the blood vessels that supply the lungs. And these have endless issues and, and, and basically predispose you to um, catching infections. Is, is there people. an... Is there an age where these kind of things are more prevalent or, you know, young, middle-aged, old-aged, or is it, are the, is it sort of, you know, you know, equal opportunity? Just as you get older, just generally as you get older, because the more damage that you've done through smoking or the longer that you've been smoking and the more that you age, the more likely these things are to happen. And think about, you know, a child can knock off illnesses quite quickly. Um, it, it's it's a little bit more difficult as you get older. And there are some people that it's not their fault. You know, it's um, not everybody's fault. People with asthma have also got issues with lungs and recurrent infections sometimes, more so just with general asthma exacerbations, but they can get a very resistant um, type of lung tissue, which you know traps gas and has its own problems down the line, um, which then predisposes to things like infections, et cetera. Um, but you know, it's not their fault that they were born with asthma. People with something called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, these are again people that can go on to develop something called the COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which which is a huge precursor for seasonal um, pneumonias, infective exacerbations of whatever kind, and uh, and again, it's not their fault. They just they were just born with 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 genes that just weren't working as well as they could have been, um, and you know, so so for some people, it's it's just not their fault. Uh, and and with regards to sort of our behaviour, what can we do? You know, keep fit, keep healthy, keep your lungs, lungs utilized. The more you utilize your lungs by taking nice big deep breaths, you know, that that plays wonders for your lungs because you're encouraging all your bases and all the alveoli to, to encourage air to come into them and be used properly, not to allow stagnation of, of the lung tissue, which is where like infections can brew and, and eating well, et cetera, and not forgetting to wash your hands. Is, is there any anything I can do sort of as a to ward it off? And, and I'm all I'm, I'm kind of thinking here, you know, when folks have asthma, they take subutamol and they take the puffer and there's a is there anything we can do to help build up resistance in our lungs and, and help to, in a sense, protect them beyond breathing deep, keeping not smoking, you know, trying to live in the least polluted environment, that kind of stuff. Is there anything or no? I mean, with regards to a supplementation, uh, vitamin C has always been known to sort of uh, help uh, boost the immune system, but otherwise not really, James. It's, oh. it's one of those, if somebody has got lung disease and they're known to have it or they're experiencing shortness of breath, they should be going to the doctor because they should be on long-term treatment. So hmm. there are medications like inhalers, sometimes oral medications, that will help the integrity of their lungs and, and stop um, 
stop this mucus production or try and reduce it a little bit. Um, sometimes physiotherapy for these people can be helpful because it can help them to learn how to clear their, their lungs manually. But that's something that with somebody that's already got established disease. So if we're just, you know, Billy Joe walking down the road, what should they do to help their lungs just keep fit and healthy? Maybe take a vitamin C supplement or a multivitamin. Um, and I think that's it really. It's just more about just keeping yourself fit and healthy and active. Man, I mean, I think it's just interesting, as you said, that this is the time of year when we just see more and more of these lung issues in hospitals anyway, and they're still going to hospital, but they might be getting labeled as something else because we've got so much going on in yeah. the pandemic. Well, everybody struggles a little bit more with their breathing in the cold because the cold uh, is basically it's it's dry air and it irritates your airways. So whether that's your upper airways for uh, upper respiratory tract infections, which is like a sinusitis or uh, just or the common cold virus, or whether it's your lower airways and it starts to affect people that have even just got mild asthma might start to feel a bit uncomfortable in the chest. You know, it, it just it affects everybody to an extent. It just it depends how tolerant your body is to that dry irritating cold air i i I'm a, i get really worried uh, this time of year it's it starts to get really cold back home it starts to get really cold in in europe and uh, i was just listening to so it, it dates our podcast a little bit but i was just listening to some of the meteorologists in canada especially in eastern and central canada talking about the polar vortex that's expected to hit where the the jet stream changes a little bit and it brings down this Arctic air that sits over some of the southern parts of Canada. And they're saying it's going to be brutally cold, sort of that when you breathe in, it's freezing. I mean, I don't, I'm not talking negative 10, negative 12. I'm talking negative 20 kind of. I, I can't even imagine negative 10, negative 12. Like I don't, or minus <laughs> 10, minus 12, as we would say, but like I can't even imagine it. I, 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 I literally can't comprehend it. I remember a day as a child, going horse riding and it was minus three and I couldn't feel my toes. I was now, barbecuing at negative 10. <laughs> I was out in front of my barbecue flipping sticks. Are you serious? Yeah, we, we, you know, we were back in Canada. It was pretty cold, but we, we barbecued four times a week. Whoa. <laughs> I had to have the broom to get the snow off the barbecue, but you know, we were barbecuing. It was great. Well, you know, it's not all negative. So we're talking about respiratory and airway conditions that tend to be affected more by the cold. But don't forget, there are other conditions that are more affected by the summer. So you've got more allergies, more right. hay fevers. You've got like more sort of bowel um, infections because you've got that lovely, again, moist, warm environment in the air for these things to live. So, you know, it's not, it's not all bad. It's just yeah. that some people will be affected more than others. 